right so then we started thinking about all these things that okay look there's clearly organic demand on all these sites but how do we ensure that we are very very good at it and the first question we asked ourselves was that look the reason we've been good at angel investing is because we treat founders like peers we are founders more and less investors like i don't ever see myself as an investor as a finance guy you know what i'm saying i see myself as a founder that's as simple as that and i think that probably what i'll do for the most of my life today we had my good friend akrit wesh on the pod akrit is the co-founder and ceo of haptic haptic is one of the world's largest conversational ai companies akrit is also one of the most founder friendly angels in india he has invested in companies like unacademy mpl india gold to name a few During our conversation we covered a bunch of topics starting from the founding story of Peercheck why do they exist how do they operate and invest a change akrit would like to see in the vc ecosystem in india what was the founding story of team what is team looking to accomplish we talked about the mumbai tech ecosystem we also got to know akrit outside of work what's his day like what's his relationship with health and much more now i bring you akrit wesh akrit my man excited to have you on the pod how are you good man i am uh, honored elated gratified that you've called me a second time uh, amongst uh, uh, all my various uh, so called achievements this will be right up there thank <laughs> <laughs> you time uh, on 1947 rise i got invited back again uh, very excited to be here and always fun talking to you likewise so akrit we'll dive right into it uh you know about 11 months back uh after 75 invest investments you and your partner in crime mithain decided to uh, formally launch peercheck uh, what was the founding story of peercheck and why does it exist so um you know Mithen and I got into angel investing um, accidentally, uh, much like what I have seen most founders experience, which is what happens is that uh, about three or four years after you built a company, um, the ecosystem of other founders reaching out to you for advice, help, mentorship starts organically going up. Right, that's the beautiful part about uh, the tech ecosystem that it's very the community is very very thick. So I think uh, after starting Haptic. um and then um while mithen was at times internet we started getting a lot of just early stage founders reach out to us saying look you know we need some help here we need some help there sometimes it was about fundraising sometimes about uh, how to take products to market sometimes about anything else so that's how we got into angel investing about 6 years back uh where naturally the advice went into saying hey listen i'm putting together a round would you be willing to invest and both of us i think this happened to both of us uh, in our own divergent paths like i was investing the first few deals separately mithen was doing in first few separately uh, and then you know we came together because we've just been uh, friends and uh, co- colleagues in some shape or form for many years so then we started angel investing together so let's say if i was getting any deal i would say ha huh, you know i'm i want to i'm investing in this 10 lakhs 15 lakhs are you interested he said yeah whatever you're doing i'm interested and reverse also right whatever he was doing i said yes please you know there's 10 lakhs from me and 10 15 20 lakhs you know as you know is ended up being the typical angel investment uh, check for each of us we just kept doing that for many years without really knowing what we are getting ourselves into 
uh, one after the other after the other. And before we know it, we had about 50, 60 investments. So right about that time, which is a year before peer check happened, right around the time when we were already 40, 50 investments in, um, something, two things started happening. Uh, one, the founders that we were investing in started coming to us saying, we want you to do more than just the standard 20, 30 lakhs that you guys are doing. Um, you know, can you come in with, you know, 50, 75 lakhs, one crore, 200K plus checks, because we'd rather fill it up, fill the cap table up with folks like you than others. And it will also be faster for us. And the second was uh, a lot of our... Uh, Extended friends, family, ecosystem, networks were basically organically saying, listen, I even I want to do angel investing. Wherever you are investing, I'll invest with you. Um, and uh, initially, we resisted both the ideas. We said that, uh, um, you know, we don't know if we want to become, a, you know, any form of a VC at the point. Let's be honest, right? The moment you're responsible for other capital and the moment you're putting larger amounts, uh, it becomes a business that you have to run. Right? It's no longer just uh, investing. So at the time, we weren't sure. But both these started becoming more and more and more. Right? So every month on month on month, more founders were like, listen, do bigger. And more and more uh, of the ecosystem was like, listen, we want to invest with you. Uh, and then it just reached a point where it was like, look, this is but obvious now. Um, we should do something about it. Um, and the big call for us to take was that and I know you and I have spoken about this many times in the past. See, look, the moment you get into doing something, you want to be able to do a bloody good job at it. And you want to be, at least for me, you want to be the best at it. So that entire one, one and a half year, by the time this, we decided we wanted to do peer check was, do, we, did we want to be in the investing business? And if we did want to be that, how will we ensure that we are really, really good at it? Uh, and that's how PeerCheck happened. And that's how PeerCheck got, got formed. And yeah, happy to talk about why we think we'll be the best at it. <laughs> no, would love for uh, you, Akre, to double click on that. And it seems like, you know, both things happen very organically, your angel investing and then PeerCheck. But yeah, would love for you to double click on uh, Peer check, uh, how do you guys operate? Uh, I know that you you guys uh, write checks between 100K to 500K. What sectors do you invest in? What stages you come in and how do you help founders? Yeah, so exactly right. So then we started thinking about all these things. That, okay, look, there's clearly organic demand on all these sides, but how do we ensure that we are very, very good at it? Um, and the first question we asked ourselves was that, look, the reason we've been good at angel investing is because we treat founders like peers, which is where the name also came from, right? Uh, and that's because we are founders more and less investors. Like, I don't ever see myself as an investor, as a finance guy. You know what I'm saying? I see myself as a founder. That's as simple as that. And I think that's probably what I'll do for the most of my life. Um, so we said, okay, look, step one, um, every... Um, founder or portfolio that we will work with, we will treat them as a peer when it comes to founders. So our conversations with them will be as if they were talking to another founder. And I know it's very hard, it's very hard to describe it, but I can bet you and I can bet that any seasoned founder you will speak to, 
they will tell you instantly that a conversation with a with a VC or an investor versus a conversation with a founder are very, very different. Even if it's a casual conversation. And even if it is the right intent, it's just a different flavor. There's a different way in which those discussions and conversations happen. Um, so we said that, look, we continue maintaining that hat where every conversation will be like a founder is reaching out to me for help and advice and I'm trying to help them think through the problem statement. Um, the second was, um, we said that um, we're not necessarily going to do things um, for being in the classic VC business of upselling rounds. So, you know, what, that, what I mean by that is that a lot of the VC ecosystem was becoming about I'll invest and now how do I get you the next round? I think for us, we said that, look, how do we ensure we invest such that there's a chance it can become a large company, but we don't mind holding for whatever amount it takes. And even if that means that the outcome from here, the next outcome is going to be an IPO in 10 years, that's also okay. So that philosophy that look, what does the next round milestone, all that look like, you know, we don't really, really have that. Um, and then the third was uh, trying to solve all the pain points, pain points we experienced as founders. So first was quick decision making, right? On the investor side, like you want uh, found, you want investors to make quick decisions. Second was being very vertical, being, being very focused towards what you're doing and being very honest. I half the time tell founders, first, this might be very exciting, but I'm not your guy, uh, which very few people otherwise say, right? Like I'm just, and in fact, I make them make introductions to people who I think might be relevant investors. Um, third is at the stage that we invest in, don't really discuss too many terms. They don't honestly mean much, right? Sure, valuation, all that is fine. Um, and the fourth is just be uh, uh, honest and transparent to every piece per, per party that you're dealing with, whether it's founders or investors. So yeah, that's how we built it. <clears throat> yeah, I think I've observed as well, Akre, there's a gap, uh, especially in the early stages uh, of when companies are reaching out to investors there aren't then that many operators that they can speak with. In fact, in India, uh, or I would say operator investors. In India, I think 95% of investors come from the banking or consulting. And, and that this is, uh, it's really a natural you know, evolution. It's bound to happen, you know, next five, 10 years, we'll see a lot of founders, operators uh, becoming full-time investors. So it's great to uh, see you guys in the ecosystem. And Akrit, uh, uh, you know, understanding more about uh, peer check, you know, are there any sectors uh, that you are uh, focused on currently? I was going to touch upon that. Uh, that was the other thing, right? To your point, operator investors or founder investors means you should do things that you understand and can help. So for us, naturally, those areas become SaaS and fintech. Uh, I come from SaaS, Mithin comes from fintech. So those become, you know, we've set ourselves a goal that look, even if you don't invest, every great next SaaS or fintech founder should at least want to speak with us. That, like, at least that should happen. Even if they decide not to take our capital for whatever reason, or we decide not to invest, but they should always feel like they should be able to speak with us. So those become uh, two uh, very natural sectors that we have natural affinity towards. Um, you know, besides that, uh, Shiva, I'll be honest, it's been a little bit here and there. We've done uh, uh, one or two things in climate tech. We've done uh, one of the one or two things in D two C. 
but it's pretty much been uh, otherwise uh, mostly these things um you know i think it also comes from maybe the earlier answer i gave you which is is this who we are i think uh like i feel like it'll be very odd for me to invest in a company that i really don't completely get um it's i think that a little bit that founder ceo mentality na because when you're running your business as a ceo founder you know you have so much uh, intel intuition knowledge and that sense of control about i know how the business is going to go i think it's very hard to not do that no matter what you have what hat you're wearing like whether it's an investor hat or sometimes funny when i'm talking to my father about his business i tend to be the same right which is like really like understand it go into the nitty gritty when he's like you know who cares uh, why you why do, why do you care right so i think same thing applies on the investor side where just because as operators you're so deep into your craft or or you know work uh, unless you really get it it's it's hard to pull the trigger on things even you know tier 1 tier 1 you know tier a plus plus founders uh, who we spoke to building something absolutely amazing but i was like look i have no clue how this works uh and i am not the right guy for this so you know happy to would love to stay friends and learn but not not yeah. any for investment yeah yeah it's funny you picked up this point so i was chatting with uh uh suhail samir and you know he'll be launching a fund soon as well and you know i asked him like uh so suhail you know what worked for you and what uh, what's something that didn't work for you and he said uh you know i think what worked for me was relationships uh and able to spot the talent and uh what didn't work for me was investing in companies uh or spaces that I had no clue about so similar to you know what you just said and akrit is there any change that you would like to see in the venture ecosystem in india oh my god how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot keep going uh, my friend <laughs> i get uh, beaten up for uh, saying wrong things i'm not i'm trying okay i'll be honest but i'll try to also take both sides of the table as much as i can i have a fundamental i had i had a belief about 2 years back which is only getting stronger as i go deeper both as an investor and as a founder and in macro which is that i fundamentally believe um the foundation of how the venture ecosystem in india has been built we got it wrong um and it's not any particular persons or companies or funds mistake i think i would have probably done a worse job if i was here 10 years back or 12 years back doing it we all are partake to it including founders uh but here's where it comes from see shiva if you think about vc as an asset class or vc as in just a business right and if you look at um, anywhere in the world the theory, the the core um, idea behind a vc when why vc became such an exciting proposition was it would invest in businesses with one of two or three characteristics one there would be some really crazy ip right like you'll build something that nobody else can build purely from an ip standpoint right some crazy you know 
call it like semiconductor or call it whatever right but something you'll build as a crazy very very strong ip either that's one second was um you'll build something that is infinitely scalable without adding more direct costs social media internet google so on right you don't need to add more people to the problem to really really scale it like it reaches an inflection point where it just scales um and 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 the third characteristic would be you're playing in really large markets so either ip or infinite scale or large markets step back and pause for like 5 seconds and tell me any company in india including haptic that exhibits any one of these characteristics very strongly right probably none um ip to hum it's never been an ip first market right park that infinite scale right every business is an internet enabled version of an offline business so it can't be infinite scale it will always be linear scale beyond a certain point you have to add more people you have to add more ops and market size to kabhi matlab to kya bolte hain doodh ka doodh pani ka pani types ho gaya for me also somebody by the way all of these things are things i say with a very grave where coming from a very grave place for myself right because you last last podcast we spoke i moved back from the us to build in and for india um so obviously these things are things that concern me and i want to fix them in some shape or form but um you know that's the challenge with the overall venture tech ecosystem so i think also that's where the opportunity lies of some form of new uh, venture model i don't know what that will be like and i have not really thought about it too much but i do think there's an opportunity uh to reimagine how venture gets done in india yeah 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 i'll add to uh, this uh, as well uh, <clears throat> akrit i think ashish uh, mohopatra you know he uh, he worked at matrix and then he founded off business and he said uh, you know fundamentally uh, the venture ecosystem in india started way ahead of its time very Meaning, well you know really uh, post 2014 is when you know india got the internet penetration and all those things so it was mostly a you know a catch up uh, uh a thing but he said what he's most excited about is again like and he's going to he said like we're going to see that in the next 5 10 years that we're going to see a lot of founders operators again like you know back to my thing who will be launching funds and backing companies and uh, helping them build but uh yeah i actually think i actually think you know in that sense so like i said reimagining venture i think in india is a very exciting problem amongst i have not really thought deeper beyond a certain point but i do think that the one character one characteristic i think a new age venture fund in india may have is uh, the idea of a solo capitalist right the idea of a lean fund because i don't think you can you can have funds over here that support those types of uh, large teams economics or even like uh, those political structures potentially right i think that uh, uh, leaner solo uh, capitalist type uh, funds i think will be a very uh, relevant opportunity for india yeah yeah and i also i think uh, sector fo- uh, i would say expertise focused or sector focused because as of now the funds are very generalized uh, and and that again like we'll see in the next you know four five years so akrit you know you and mithain you've been investing together for some time now and uh, 
how have you both evolved as as investors what were have been the biggest learnings for you guys um yeah good question lots of lots to learn along the way um so a lot of so first i think um, the first learning is that in the venture business uh it's a hits driven business so in a hits driven business uh, um the power law equation matters more than ever which is that you have to when you're investing in something you have to by design expect that it will be a large outcome or you have to bet on it assuming it will be a large outcome if the outcomes don't theoretically seem large um then we don't invest which is why maybe we've not invested in many d2c companies uh because they they can be great businesses but very few of them can actually be 10 billion dollar companies um so i think uh, that's been one big learning second is uh, i mean look we always everybody knows this and everybody keeps saying it but you still have to go through your own learning curve that it's all about the founding team uh it's all about just sort of you know characteristics of resilience and determination and ethics and um you know having a very strong uh, in india i think you really really need to have a very strong India is not a product market, right? India is a business market, so I think you need to have a very strong commercial sense when it comes to things like finance, when it things to comes to things like just you know uh, P and L and all of those aspects. Um, so that's the other learning. But a lot of times when we bet on perhaps an idea or a market, but maybe not the founding team, we got it wrong. So founding team is like probably seventy, eighty percent of the battle. Market size and large outcome being the other. and the latest learning is to uh, not have fomo at all so um we are now consciously um making sure we do stuff that falls within our wheelhouse of framework experience expertise types of founders we like to work with and i feel proud of the fact that, well we'll see how it works out but i feel proud of the fact that there are two or three investments that we did not do recently um which by all means and ways could be classified as a tier a plus investment you know how the vc world classifies it uh, but you know just in feel for us so i think that's something we're getting a lot better at got it and akriti you recently tweeted uh saying you know as an entrepreneur in india you're always in war time cockroach mentality is the only way to build businesses there's no innovation no magical inflection point only day to day grind that compounds over a long period of time where does that come from just day to day experience man um i think it was it was a it was a tweet where i was really feeling it uh, that day happy is going to be 10 years in 3 uh, weeks so i just realized we've been running for a decade but a lot of the things that i do um yes they have the scale has changed but are not very similar from what i was doing 7 or 8 years back it's just you know if there may 8 8 9 years back maybe we were dealing in thousands uh you know 4 5 years back maybe in lakhs 2 3 years back maybe in crores now maybe in you know one more zero added and so on in terms of scale but stuff remains the same and uh, that's because of the nature of uh, just the market going back to the earlier point it's a linear market right like in whichever shape and form you do so it's a day to day grind that compounds you're not building ip it's not like a social network that's magically going to explode one day 
this whole idea i'm going to invest in cac and suddenly tomorrow i'll turn profitable is not happening so it's day by day coming in optimizing moving every single lever one by one by one and eventually you'll get there also a big learning from reliance to be honest right uh, that i've had uh, which is it may, you know it feels like suddenly things happen overnight at geo or reliance but yeah they prep for all of this for 8 9 10 years and they day by day by day keep improving it and then the moment that some you know is ready they explode it and even after that they keep going at it day by day by day yeah yeah and uh, akrit i remember you know we were sitting at one of your favorite places uh, soho uh, last year and uh, and it was not uh, public and you had you know told me the idea about team and would love for you to you know tell us what was the founding story of team and what's the magical outcome uh, you as a group have for team for the last few years we had broadly been having a problem as bombay founders uh, where the where we were finding it harder and harder to access uh, a1 tech talent um like we could but the pool was getting smaller and smaller uh and broadly the perception had become very clearly uh that the startup capital of the country is bangalore there's a lot of action in gurgaon there's a lot of action in chennai uh but bombay is no longer on the map that perception was compounded by vc saying it founders saying it talent and engineers saying it i had a lot of engineers who i lost not because of haptic necessarily but they just said that look if i have to build a career in tech i have to be in bangalore this was consistently happening a lot of our friends moved founder friends moved uh, you know kunal of cred jitendra of jupiter mithen uh, now at cred um and there are many zishan of topper um uh, many examples right there's many many examples of seasoned homegrown as bombay people as founders get decided to move for the same reason so you know we were seeing all of this happen and uh, you know i'll give credit over here all credit over here to harsh uh, of dream 11 for one day calling me up and being like listen man we got to do something about it um and uh, you know um you know he's like i've i've had a conversation with the then cm and we think i think we should do something about it because he was very vehement that i never want to get out of bombay as dream 11 um and uh, you know uh, so I said, okay, look, let let's think about it. Um, and obviously, we all we all got busy. He called me, and then we all got busy with lives. Um, and then what we did was we basically Harsh and I started putting together all the companies that existed in Mumbai. So he shared a name, I shared a name, he shared a name, I shared a name. And we initially thought, you know, if we are able to put together a list of fifteen, twenty, we'll be that will be great. You know, Shiva, over a few months, because because you know, obviously, we got forgot about over a few months. He kept like doing this on WhatsApp. and we formed almost 50 not 15 50 companies that were of meaningful value 23 of them being unicorns and the remaining 25 being above 200 million dollars in value that came together and both of us were like what like so much all these companies are in bombay and then we said that look let's all meet so we organized a sort of a meet and a and a get together at dream 11 office um and we basically put this problem in front of everybody saying that look this is happening talent is moving founders are moving we got to do it some step in and do something about it one thing led to the other and um, you know we said that look 
to be able to solve this really, really well, we need a concerted effort to go behind it. And that can only happen if you do it in an organized way. If SM Long Milenge once in a while, WhatsApp, right? You gotta do it properly. Um you know, just happened to be the case that I ended up taking the lead on some of this and said that look, let's let's put together this organization uh, where everybody will come in, we'll all contribute certain funds, and we'll then we'll start going at it to solve this problem. How are we going to solve it? Three broad themes. First, these 50 companies, let's start yelling about them. Right? Let us let all our engineers also find out that there are so many better and other options in Bombay. Uh, you know, this idea that Bombay doesn't have tech, let's eliminate it. You know, Zepto being in Bombay, that seems such a quintessential Bangalore company. But he's built it in Bombay end to end and he has a great reason why he's built it here. Um, and many other examples that even when the new age companies came about, right? So first step, let's just talk about what exists. We've had an insane amount of positive reaction to that. The number of other founders who have come forward and said, wow, I did not know all this tech existed. Me as an early stage founder, even I was thinking of moving to Bangalore. I'm so happy to see that you this exists over here. right? So step one is that or was that. Step two, which is now in very much in motion is, let's try to build a local community. Uh, you know, the other day I was talking to some other VC in Bangalore who was saying, listen, I'm tired of startup events in Bangalore. I want to get to that stage in Bombay. You know? where there is some or something or the other going on very frequently. We had a big hackathon in June. We took tech sparks in here in March, in February. And now we are in the phase where we're going to start seeing just regularly a lot of community-based activities here. Uh, and then the third is eventually going to be, uh, how do you solve, uh, how do you work with the government closely as well to solve some of the more city-related challenges? You know, Bangalore or Hyderabad, I think, also did really well because the government was very involved in promoting it as an IT sector. Uh, we need to do that a lot more, right? I think the government here, you know, the other interesting part is that, China, that somebody said it very well that uh, Bangalore and Hyderabad or Chen Chennai for, to some degree, you know, tech or IT ends up being the only thing that they are very good known for, right? In Bombay, we have financial capital, we have Hollywood, uh, sorry, Bollywood as uh, we have Bollywood and entertainment, we have media. So because there are so many other businesses and so many other sectors also, tech just becomes another one. So I think the other thing is to work with the government to change that. First year has been amazing. I mean, almost coming up to a year, super exciting, the kind of feedback we've had. We are proper product market fit now. <laughs> No, I mean, as a as an outsider, uh, Akrit, I've been enjoying it, man. I've been having a lot of fun seeing this actually coming to life. And you guys are, all of you guys are having fun. And you've built an amazing community all together. And I would say, you know, Mumbai is a, is a combination of New York and L.A. Uh, and, uh, and, and Akrit, you know, with this, uh, we'll switch gears. Uh, the guy in the back has been bugging me. Uh, especially with the focus, but okay, I'll let him in. So he's asking you, uh, what's your typical day like? Uh, what's his name? Alfonso. 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 All right, Alfonso. What's my typical day like? Yeah, there's a bit. You know, once you have uh, kids, you are forced to get into a routine. I have two kids, uh, four and two, and then also all. You know, I was telling you before we started, I have way too many jobs I've taken up, so life is quite busy. 
um my typical day is i uh, usually am uh, up between 7 and 8 um and i start my day uh, with my workout um that goes um you know for about an hour um post workout uh, you know come back home um just settle in get uh, ready breakfast maybe see the kids for a little bit uh, start my day at about 10 uh 10 to uh 7 i would say is just non stop action um you know no time for anything um lunch is working everything no time for social media uh unless of course it's work related uh no time uh, for friends family and 10 to 7 is just heads down non stop action without a blink uh 7 to 8 uh, is kids um you know that's the bedtime so spend time with them put them to bed um 8 to then uh, 10 is typically uh, work again and this time it's uh, uh more it's 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 more my work um, because day to day the day is otherwise filled with just non stop action so this time is more like okay what do i want to do what's going on what does this look like you know looking at keep looking at my pnl again and again to see where i can find things uh, to improve that goes on till about 10 um 10 to 11 and dinner is happens over work uh and then uh, uh 10 to 11 is just some downtime and uh, uh tv or read uh which i'm trying to get a lot more done uh, go to bed between 11 and midnight and the rinse and repeat this rinse and repeat continues for uh, uh 6 days saturday is pretty much very similar um and uh, except that saturday night so the difference is that Once I finish my Saturday at about seven eight eight p.m. onwards, uh, completely let my hair down. So Saturday night is typically always out uh, doing something, friends, family, dinner, drinks. Sometimes more than a few drinks. Uh, Sunday try to wake up on time, and Sunday is fully dedicated to kids and only kids. Uh, even if we're doing something with friends, it's all usually with kids. And Sunday night, once they've gone to bed, I like to catch a good movie. Uh, and these days of course you know have a lot of backlog that i have to catch up on all the coming sundays so that's yeah. a typical week action packed and akid what's your relationship with health man oh man uh can i write a book on it because you think you know a little bit of it till the age of uh, 35 i was an extremely unfit person uh, and at the age of 35 i peaked as far as my unfitness was concerned like i was unfit for all my life till the age 35 like all my life i was never fit and by never fit being mean i never worked out i never went to gym i used to run once in a while but i didn't have a daily work daily health regime uh i never went to the gym in college never really had a health regime at all till the age of 35 at the age of 35 like i said i peaked in terms of how unfit i was um my body at the time i think was uh in all parameters closer to a 45 year old and that's when i uh, realized that for the lack of better words i'm screwed uh, unless i change something today um from then till uh, uh the next 18 months i'm going to turn 37 in 10 days so from there till 18 months on i lost 23 kilos uh and along the way i also just became fitter in what i did and then from there till now the last 6 months uh um i would say that i'm a fit person and uh, uh i think 
I've, I've come back to being my body's come back to being a 37 year old it's not necessarily still 30 or 35 but i maybe i'd like to go reverse but that's where i've come down to so like i said i can write a book on it because it's a very recent experience i've gone through ranging from uh, uh, diet to to uh, nutrition to just uh, fitness and hair working out and playing and just sleep everything yeah 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 and uh, what wh- what what have been the biggest benefits like is it giving you like you're more energetic clarity clarity of thought you're seeing feeling lighter you know i'll be very i'll give you a very different answer than what anybody would give you the feeling that i may have more time in life i think my peak of unfitness this fear started kicking in that i may not be fit enough to operate at this level for more than 15 more years now i feel i can do this for 30 years that mental comfort i don't know how to explain it but it's a different piece right you just you feel like the fact that you know that you have more time in life everything becomes a little bit easier to solve day to day you're right all those things right more energy more clarity you feel more confident you feel great um you know you feel uh, uh all those things but for me the biggest thing was that that hopefully i'll be around for a lot longer to operate at this level yeah yeah no i've been digging it uh, akrit you and uh, of course nitin uh and these guys have done something interesting uh depender of zomato you know they they have a cfo chief fitness officer uh, in the team uh, that's been cool and uh, and akrit if uh, if you could invite three people uh, dead or alive uh, to a dinner table uh, who would they be and why if we could together or i would alone <laughs> you would invite <laughs> and i would hang out with them alone Alfonso will be there he'll be there Alfonso's allowed Alfonso's welcome okay. <laughs> uh three people dead or alive um look i am not one for too many role models uh, i'm not that type of a person i've not been i've not really been uh, how do i put it i've not been uh, infatuated by personalities or people i learn from them but for me but that said the three people i'd like to bring to the table to learn from or invite uh you know one slightly cheesy but uh um uh, one would be my grandfather uh, he passed away when i was uh, seven um but from what i remember little bit faint memories and from what i've always been told uh, him and i had a very very strong relationship uh and he was a uh, uh, also a very uh, he was a true entrepreneur of his times um so i feel like uh, we would have really had a lot to share uh uh so one would be him um second uh let's see let's make this dinner entertaining right if he given what i the stories i've heard about him who else uh would be would be fun uh, to bring to the table um i think um not specifically this one individual but one of the folks um maybe the cto i forget her name or uh, you know one of the senior research folks uh, at a company like uh, openai not i mean sam is great but you know we've heard and there's enough to hear from them i think one of the folks were actually working on 
just ground like in the weeds of some of this stuff um, because obviously uh, I, I don't think any one of us have realized the impact that truly AI is going to have. I think chat GPT is just cool and it's fun, but like really the greater impact lies in times to come. So I think somebody from that team to talk AI. And then the third would be, uh, um, what's the guy's name? The king of Saudi Arabia. In awe and fear of what they are doing, both uh, in terms of what they want to become and where they want to go. Um, so, and because it's such a closed world where you don't know much, I would love to get dinner with him and just hear of what he wants to do in terms of, you know, where they want to take the world, not in terms of uh, either, not in terms of either envy or glut or, uh, uh, or excitement, or I'm not saying good or bad. I just, I'm curious um, that where do they want to take what they're doing? Yeah, I just want to understand how he thinks, uh, what's going on in his mind. And uh, yeah, they're investing heavily in sports, Akrit. You probably have heard of it. Crazy. Well, no, I mean, sports is something that you see much more upfront, right? But yeah. I think I am convinced that at least a fifth of all venture money yeah. that's gone in yeah. has been originated from there, right? Because yeah. the SoftBank fund was there. So they obviously invested in tons and tons of other funds. So at least a fifth of venture money that went into all the scale has to have come originated from there. So everywhere, right? And yeah. what they're planning to make the country, city and invest globally, I think it's uh, you. everybody should really be curious to know more. Yeah, yeah. Got last one, Akrit. Uh, what's the kindest thing someone has done for you? you know, I'm very lucky. People have been very kind to me along the way, especially my family more than anybody else. Um, difficult question, man. I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I can't think of it right now. I think my, uh, uh, both my mom and my wife, particularly both actually, my mom and my wife, uh, have been, uh, extremely kind to me through different phases of life. Um, can't point point to any one thing. No worries. I'll, me and Alfonso will do the second kindest thing for you. <laughs> uh, post this, Akrit, I'll ask you for your home address. Uh, as a gesture, we'll, we'll gift you uh, two books. I think one you might have. I want to gift you one, but I have a feeling that you've read it. So for that reason, we'll probably gift you two. But Akrit, thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. It means a lot. Thanks, Alfonso. Had a great time. Uh, thanks a lot. Always, buddy.